<laughs> so the residents of Chicago have done such a stellar job pilfering their own grocery stores that the vast majority of them have closed. The west side and the south side of Chicago, food deserts, meaning there's no grocery stores for miles and miles. It has gotten so bad that, let's go, Brandon Johnson, the new mayor of Chicago, he is exploring, he is um, reimagining and rethinking about a municipally owned grocery store, meaning the taxpayers of Chicago are going to fund their own grocery store. I'm sure this will be different. I'm sure they won't pilfer from those grocery stores because they know it's their last option. I'm sure this is going to work out great. Let's get into it. Here we go. Exploring a municipally owned grocery store is part of the Johnson, uh, let's go Brandon Johnson's administration's goal of promoting food equity and accessibility for all Chicagoans. I am all in favor of people in Chicago being able to get food. I'm in favor of people everywhere getting food. But you've had so many people steal from your grocery stores that they've been shut down. They can't make a go of it. It's not an economic reality to keep them open. So this whole thing about food equity and accessibility, you did it to yourselves. I mean, that's what happened, right? Because if you hadn't been pilfering and stealing from your stores like there's no tomorrow, the five-finger discount, the 10-finger discount, the multiple shopping cart out the door, like we've seen everywhere. But in Chicago, it's been particularly hard, right? Because this is a crime of opportunity. This is not a crime of need. You get food stamps. You get your, your card. You can go get food, but you're stealing it and you're converting it into cash for your next fentanyl hit. I mean, that's what you got going on, right? That's what you got going on to the point where this is what you've got. Well, we got no grocery stores, so I guess we got to create our own. Today, Mayor Brandon Johnson, let's go, Brandon. He announced a partnership with the Economic Security Project to start on a pathway towards the opening of a municipally owned grocery store in Chicago. The Economic Security Project. How about Let's All Eat Food Project? A national nonprofit dedicated to building economic power for all Americans will provide technical assistance in determining a pathway to the first municipally owned grocery store in Chicago. You wouldn't need this if you hadn't robbed your own. Yeah. But anywho, this collaboration furthers the Johnson administration's work towards repairing past harms that have contributed to purposeful disinvestment and exclusion and lack of food access in historically underserved communities. Let's break that down for just a moment here. Purposeful disinvestment. That may have happened in other instances, but that is not what you've got going on. You do not have industry avoiding this area, grocery stores avoiding this area just because of racism, right? You've had a slow, you've had a slow die out of grocery stores because they can't stay in business because they're being robbed blind. So purposeful disinvestment, there has been disinvestment and it has been purposeful but it's because there's a little tiny issue called profitability. And if you don't have that, stores close. I don't know if you knew that. 
I, I don't know if you, yeah, that's a thing. It's a thing. Corporate America, when they are looking through their list of these stores are doing great, uh, got a little loss prevention. These stores down here, oh boy, yeah, they're on the chopping block. And we've seen that happen with Walmart. We've seen that happen with big grocery store chains. We've seen that happen with CVS. We have seen that happen with Walgreens here locally. We've seen that happen with drugstore chains, right? We've seen that happen with Target. Yeah, we're going to close that bad boy down. It's it's not purposeful disinvestment to harm the community. It's because the, it, it's not viable to stay open. You're robbing it blind. And when that happens, businesses tend to close. And we have exclusion and lack of food access. Yes, you do. Because you robbed your stores blind. Mm. In historically underserved communities. All right, they're underserved communities. Well, yeah. How is this grocery store going to be any different? Well, it's going to be different from the standpoint that it's the resident's own tax dollars going into it, and it'll be such a money loser, but at least they'll have food, right? Because one of the things that I talk about is the fact that those who can least afford to have this happen in their community, those are the ones with with the least amount of resources to be able to chase down food. Now they got to go further and further out to get their food. So they do need this within their community. But until some of the community standards start to come back around, this is probably the only option, right? Because otherwise they don't have food. You've got some mini markets, but you don't have good, fresh, whole food. You don't have that shopping grocery store shopping availability because they've all been shut down. They've all been closed down. So this is one of those, okay, so we're not going to really deal with the crime because, you know, whatever. We're going to do another end route, and I'm sure this will work out. This is exactly what you got going on. All Chicagoans deserve to live near convenient, affordable, healthy grocery grocery options. Yes, they do. But a little thing in business says, well, no, you don't if you rob them blind. So there's that. We know access to grocery stores is already a challenge for many residents, especially on the South and West Side, said Brandon Mayor Johnson. Mayor Brandon Johnson, let's go, Brandon. A better, stronger, safer future is one where our youth and our communities have access to the tools and resources they need to thrive, including food. 100% agreed. All right. My administration is committed to advancing the innovative whole of government approaches to address these inequities. Well, uh, inequities? Okay. In the past, all right, you might have had some of that, but you're talking modern day. These stores are shut down, not not because they want to hose the people in the communities, because it's not a reality to keep them open, period. That's what happens. I am proud to work alongside partners to take this step in envisioning what a municipally owned grocery store in Chicago could look like. All right, they're going to open it up. They're going to use taxpayers' funds, and it's going to be just a shit show, right? Because that's what's going on in Chicago. It's a shit show. I mean, you got 465 murders that have happened so far this year. I mean, that's that's some stellar work right there. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? With all the carjackings, theft, and crime going on. 
you got to deal with some of that criminal activity and then you can get a grocery store back in your community, somehow convince your community members not to rob it blind. But, you know, if you're not punishing people for their actions, this is what you get. That's the crux of your issue. There's no repercussions for criminal activity. So why wouldn't you go to a grocery store and just take out entire shopping carts full of meat? We see that day in and day out, right? It's just, it's just gotten wildly out of control. Historic disinvestment has led to inequitable access to food retail across Chicago, and these existing inequities have been exacerbated as at least six grocery stores closed on the south and west sides over the past two years. What do you say, right? I've, I've already discussed that. I've already identified why that is. According to estimates from the U.S. Department of Agricultural, 63.5% of residents in West Inglewood and 52% of residents in East Garfield Park live more than a half mile from their nearest grocery store. Whereas in West Town, less than 1% of residents experience this barrier to food access. What's the difference between those communities? Hmm. Yeah. Moreover, food access and security linked directly to environmental and racial justice. 37% of black residents and 29% of Latino ex-residents are food insecure, compared to 19% of residents overall. Exploring innovative initiatives to support food retail is part of the Johnson administration's broader commitment to correcting systems and practices that have created these inequities. You're going around, you're going about this ass backwards. Yeah, you, you got to halt some of the criminal activity and then you'll have a shot at keeping stores in your community. Anything short of that, you're kidding yourself. That's the way I see this going, right? You're kidding yourself that, ah, the reason we don't have any stores, and there's no food near our residents is because of all this oppression over the years. Well, yeah, but it's been the last two years and we've got all kinds of social programs out there. And you still robbed your stores blind to the point where they shut down. Six, right? We just talked about six. So the impact of inadequate food retail reaches far beyond food access. Going to explaining a retail gap many South and West Side communities face, where millions of dollars in local residents' purchasing power could have been invested in their community, ends up supporting retail stores in other parts of the city. Why is that? Why is that? Well, we've already talked about it. This feasibility study will contribute to the administration's commitment to investing in innovative solutions. How about some innovative solutions to crime? What about that? How about you emphasize that? Hey, you guys steal less stuff. Businesses will have a better opportunity at staying open. And then you can go in your own communities and buy stuff. How about that? Yeah. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. All right, let's, let's, let's create our own market then. Let's run our own grocery store. I'm sure with government workers, a grocery store is just going to be fine. It'll work out swimmingly. It's like, all right, that's a municipal store. You mean we own it? All right, this is my stuff. I ain't paying for it. And you had that before, right? Before the municipally owned grocery store in Chicago. Why wouldn't you have that after? That's what's going to happen. The strides being made in the realm of food justice are now poised for a significant advancement towards innovative solutions. Um, okay. Uh, all right. This opportunity marks a pivotal moment to forge pathways for food accessibility 
with the city recognizing its role as a key partner in addressing market shortcomings. This isn't a market shortcoming. This is a community shortcoming, right? I mean, this is what happened, period. They, they, they didn't, they didn't close these stores down just to hose the residents. Ah, we got you there. It wasn't viable. It wasn't economically viable. That's what you need to focus on here. And I think I've said it enough times, right? By doing so, it aims to propel solutions in communities that have long faced challenges in accessing nutritious and affordable food options. Well, you've had a lot of stores come and go, and mostly recently they've gone. Okay, now you're left with, you know, a food desert. And we hear about this fairly often. This is happening in communities all across the United States. This is what happens when crime runs rampant. Stores don't stay open. Not that hard to figure out, folks. These efforts hold the promise of creating a profoundly meaningful impact. Okay, I'm just going to let that one run. I'm just going to you go with that bad boy. The findings of the feasibility study will help inform the Let's Go Brandon Johnson administration's emerging food retail strategy. Emerging food retail strategy. You had grocery stores. You could still have grocery stores, but you robbed them blind. Mm, Yeah. So community leaders and Chicago's Food Equity Council, the city looks forward to pursuing values-aligned funding opportunities particularly those made possible by the Illinois Grocery Initiative, which commits $20 million for grants and technical assistance for grocery stores across the state. If advanced, Chicago would be the first major city in the United States to implement a municipally-owned grocery store to address food inequity. I'm sure it'll work out great. You know, you know what's so sad is that you're literally just, you're avoiding the enormous elephant in the room. And it's that retail can't stay open when you make it physically impossible and financially impossible to stay open. No amount of security has has been able to offset the loss of product. And when that happens, the whole profit loss thing. All right. Did you have profit? No, we had massive loss. Okay. Shut her down. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And yet we're, you know, going around this, this whole big thing. Oh, we're, we're going to have an analysis. We're going to have a feasibility study, you know, real estate feasibility study is a big thing, big, big thing in uh, dirt and vacant land because you throw in a feasibility study in, in your, uh, you know, one of your conditions, your purchase and sale, you can basically get out on anything. Cause it's like, well, feasibility study, we wanted to do this. We couldn't do this. We're talking grocery stores, folks. Yeah, get a big square commercial office, you know, retail office space, retail whatever it is space in, in Chicago. Don't know what their zoning is. And you um, you put a grocery store in there. And then if they can stay in business, you'll have that grocery store. So the community can, over time, keep buying groceries there. That's how this works. But it's been working in the opposite. And here, here's why we're doing a feasibility study, because it's like, all right, private parties won't stay here. Or big chains have all left. Walmart's all left. Uh, we don't really have much of anybody left here. I guess we got to build our own. Right. So a community that can't keep a grocery store is going to build their own grocery store and go down that road. The folks need food. The folks deserve food. 
but there's an element there that's preventing that, right? And until you address that element, this is going to be much of the same. And it's going to be, we're going to reimagine and rethink when the community grocery store goes down. Like, what's next? What are you going to do after that? What's, what, what's, what's going to happen there? All right. So we bled out millions and millions and millions of dollars. And now we got to close this store down. I think that's what happens, right? Or maybe there'll just be no accountability for this new grocery store for the, you know, municipally run grocery store. I don't know. But when you see the pattern and you're like, identify the pattern, which is very clear, it's very obvious what's happening. And then you try and avoid the pattern and go with something else that's where, yeah, I'm sure it'll work out fine. It'll be good. So let's go, Brandon. Let's see what you got. Let's, let's roll the dice on this bad boy. Let's, let's just see what happens. All right. That's it for me. Thanks so much for being here. I'll catch up with you in the next episode of News for Reasonable People. Thanks for being here. Bye for now.